What's up, Surreal Deal Podcast? I'm Maddie Marshall, and I am pretty stoked to be sitting here with a guy that's got a pretty interesting story, uh, one of the more interesting stories that I've come across and that kind of you you know really shouldn't have got to where you're at necessarily. I mean, it's it's admirable that you that you have obviously, you know, but um, you know, you uh, I'm sitting here with Miko Hutanen and Miko he he was uh, born and raised in Finland uh, and then ended up getting on Moscow Red Legion, transitioned that into playing for the Ironman and being one of the best players on the team, for one of the best players in the league for years, and also was under the radar too, and one of those uh, guys didn't talk about himself a lot, so you didn't, didn't get as much press as some of the other guys, even though he got press because he was awesome out there, but still, it's one of those fascinating, inspiring stories, so regardless of where you're at, where you're from, you can make it if you work hard enough. So Miko, and also... Well, we'll get we'll get to all that in a second, but uh, I you know I want to pick your brain a little bit. You just came out of retirement. You retired last year, right? Yep, last. Well, I'm on a break. Oh, okay, <laughs> on a break. Yeah, that's it. So just on a break. Uh, um, Basically retired from Ironman. Okay. So. Um, what prompted the? I mean, did you just feel the work was becoming a little bit too much, or that you just kind of want to let the new kid? I mean, what what kind of prompted the retirement? Uh, my main reason was from you know kind of stop playing with the Ironman was that I wasn't fully committed anymore. I I really hate to do things like halfway. Mm-hmm. So I was in a, I was in a point that I was missing practices and uh, didn't really spend time with the team anymore. You know, showed up pra- last mo- main practice and go to the paintball tournament and play the tournament. And it's not like I kind of. Was just being, bully the young kids. Yeah, bully I, the young I, I kids. was kind of bullying the young kids and, and kind of stepping in the lineup. I was like, hey, you know, speak up, go sit. <laughs> and just kind of playing the points and stuff. But it's not, I did it for last year, probably like, I didn't put 100% in paintball anymore. And that's something like, if I look back like three, four years when I was like every single weekend when I had a free time, I wanted to go play paintball, mm-hmm. practice, you know, be with the team get better, you know, to be the best paintball player out there. And I start feeling like, you know, I'm not doing it anymore. I don't want to be one of those old guys who are going to be in a team for forever. And kids are like, oh my God, that guy sucks. But And he never know, comes to practice. And, but he still plays. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's the case. Like, I didn't want to be one of those guys. Yeah. But you were, I mean, you, did, you, you were still, you know, one of the best guys on the team. So, you know, it was kind of like, I mean, even though you weren't missing practice, and I agree with you, I, if you're not going to be there 100%, and not going to be one of the guys that you know can be a, a motivator and a leader in the day in day out team situation. Then yeah, you should step back and let somebody else get out there. But you know you're still one of the better players on the team and one of those older guys that could help mold. Because that's one of the things that the Ironman lacks right now. I mean they do have Paxson and they do have Short, you know. But it's a yeah you know, team full of a bunch of young dudes. Well, I think it was more a personal thing than actually team mm-hmm. team to decision I, I was like personally I, I didn't feel like i'm not committing my time right for yeah. playing paintball yeah or playing professional paintball mm-hmm. i still like playing paintball but you know uh like i said i don't i don't want to be the guy who starts in a second squad ever like i didn't, I didn't want to become you know end up being that position or you know I, I don't think it's a fair for the team you know all the other guys are practicing and playing and you know if i can come at the same level i should not be playing a team mm-hmm. so like I said, it's more personal decision than anything else. So you came out of retirement, or your or the pause that you've put on the career right. for a little <laughs> bit, uh, to play at the World Cup, and I, you know I didn't get to see you a lot because you know we're doing all the games every day, but for the webcast, but uh, but every time I did see you, you'd come over covered in mud with camo on, smile ear to ear grin. Or you know coming back because you played in the UWL and the Ten Man, right? Yeah, well it was kind of cool because. I, I just came back from a long trip in Asia and after the World Cup was all set up and everything was kind of done, I was like, I'm just going to play paintball and have fun. So I ended up playing like every single thing. Like I played... Uh, uh, like all X, the formats? Like X-Ball with, with Shane, Shane Pestana's team, Royalty, which is all these young, really good kids. They don't speak at all. It's Shane <laughs> basically running the team. You know you know Shane. Yeah. He's a Legendary coach. I, yeah. Best coach ever. Mm-hmm. Runs, you know, is super passionate what he does. So it's like... It's like no joking around. They're like they're, they went there to win. Well, well, we didn't do that well, but you know, played X ball. Then uh, I was I got a text message when I was in Asia from one of my biggest heroes in paintball and probably one of the best players I ever played. Todd Adamson texted me like, "Hey, hey, what are you doing? I got a 
I got a team spot. And he's like, I'm like, what is that? He's like, I'm playing, I'm playing something in 10 man. And you want to play? I'm like, sure, come in. And then talk to me later. And the first day I broke up, it's like, all right, this is getting serious. I'm also buying the spot from the, from the open expo, uh, open woods ball. What is it called? The UWL. Yeah. UWL. Mm-hmm. And for the pro spot as well. And, you know, then it's kind of like start escalating and, you know, our team was pretty freaking good. Yeah. Know? Well, it was, it was like the legends of paintball team. It was like you, Mikey Bruno, Rocky Cagnoni, Todd Adamson. And, you know, for the younger players out there, these are like guys who define the sport for years. I mean, go watch push and, you know, see Rocky Cagnoni from the old avalanche days. And then Mikey Bruno coaches Chicago aftershock. Uh, they got knocked out of the tournament, and the UWL was during the weekend. So, or was it? It was. Well, he played. He played. He was like actually like, oh shit, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta. I gotta. I gotta. After game right now, I gotta go. <laughs> and so he was taking it like straight from the from the swamp, <laughs> running back. And he was to. super serious about it, wasn't oh, he? Oh, absolutely. Well, that's that's the funny thing because everybody was saying like, you know, that's so much fun. You know, you guys gonna go play woods ball? I'm like. <laughs> Yo, you guys don't understand. It's not fun at all. It's like we've been walking fields for hours. Every single dude is serious. Bob Long is there replaying them. He's like screaming face red, you know. Uh, Saransky is like ready to punch people in the face. You know, it's just like everybody is like super fired up. But like these guys are, you know, they won all the Africa guys. What are, what are they guys have like nine world championships? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some yeah, of the yeah. guys. It's something crazy. And, it's, and a lot of those were in the woods, you know, so it's like. Absolutely. And they're like, they're fired up. Like, you know, it was kind of convincing to get everybody to start playing. But when they start playing, it was like no joke. You know, everybody was, everybody wanted to win. Yeah. We did win. Yeah, you guys was, did win. You were the great. World Cup champions yeah. for the UW. We, we won the Open and the Pro, so. Really? What Dub- was double rings. Double. <laughs> well, it was, you know, if anyone's <laughs> never played the Ultimate Woods Ball League, my God, dude, it, it's so fun. I mean, it was, it's this, it's, it's in the woods. So it's like a hybrid of tournament and scenario. And, uh, and it's normally 10 man teams, um, with, uh, there's four flags. So you have the flag stations and then you have the, there's two flags at the 50 yard lines on each, uh, sideline and you battle over those flags because they're on stakes and you can ring up your flag color and then control it so and then they have like different positions so the scout leaves 15 seconds early or 10 seconds early so you know these of so one scout from each team and they're running out and uh and i've I played a couple uws and one some fun. it's so fun my god dude I, it's like first of all like we i grew up playing in the woods so it was a throwback to what we used to do i mean even when i first got on the ironman it was like that we played pro in the woods for two years that's that's what it was like. yeah that's it's what it was it's very close a little bit different rules but the fundamentals are still the same yeah but you know it, it's like i said it's, it's probably the most fun i had in a long time yeah and you favorite. get your you get your guys back every 10 minutes so every 10 minutes a third it was it's different it was a different format yeah, I think of the world they, cup it, i think it was eight minutes yeah and then you got and like, it was five players. Yeah, on it's, each like, it's like there's like a two points, two games. Don't ask me the rules. I don't really know. <laughs> we, we, our, our plan was to go and shoot everybody and figure out the flats, and then shoot everybody again. So, so <laughs> but like I said, it, it, it's intense. Like, of course, you know, we're playing the swamps of Florida. So, you don't even think. But like, I, I was telling my buddy, it was nice. Like, oh, how was the field? I'm like, uh, dude, honestly. Like, if I would tell you to go walk in there, you would not go in there. There's probably snakes, freaking spiders. Uh, mud, all kind of different like back in the day. Allocators, That's yeah. how it and, was. and there I was in, in like you know I'm looking over. I'm like Todd, I'm in a hole, and I'm like waist deep in the water. So, <laughs> well, that was what was crazy about like when we used to play woods ball tournaments was that not only did it, it's it, it you know we changed the sport around 2000 because first hyperball then airball because it was more viewable. It was easier to convey to a television audience or people that came to watch. Like, you know, in order to go watch a woods ball game, you got to put goggles on, you got to walk into right. the woods. And this woods at World Cup was off of a big grass field. It was like <laughs> this, you know, big stand of trees, but you know, on the outskirts of the event site. But, but what was cool about, or what still is cool about playing in the woods is, you know, is that it, it's a three-dimensional field, you know? So sometimes there's a goalie or a little oh, hill or there's, you know, it's it's more than just inflatable bunkers on a grass field, which heighten the game technically. But one of the things that, that you know, that the woods ball has is that all that different terrain, so that when we go to play a tournament, you know, when you go to Florida, you're playing in palmettos and a little bit of swamp maybe and, like, you know, that right, thick, that, right. th- that type of bush. And then, you know, we go and play, wherever it was, the, the topography changed. 
So it was like that was part of it too. So you guys are talking about walking fields for and, two and, hours. And There's so many shots out there. It's all about the shots. Like it's first thing you know. I haven't played in the woods for, for years. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe ten years. Like mm-hmm. besides scenario games and stuff. But you can just forget all your gunfighting stuff. It's like you, you just gotta. It's more about like knowing your shots, where you can go, how the team plays together. You know, we we of course we get a we had an awesome team on Sunday. We got you know, uh, like I say, Bruno, uh, Todd. Billy Saransky, Mike Paxson, and even Oliver came. Yeah, all Oliver you know, came. Dynasty out got too. knocked out. Oliver's walking fields eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you know, he's going like, "Where are you? You know, we're gonna win this thing." Oliver's good in the woods. I, pl- I played. I played with you or played with Oliver um, on the thick side of a of, of field at uh, SC Village. That no, that nobody really wanted to play with me and Oliver just running shit over there. Dude. Oh, he's it's good. so fun. Yeah, and, and Rocky was playing. Rocky was running like I don't. I don't think no one's seen Rocky run that fast since '89. <laughs> Yeah, it it's it it was it was cool to see it at the World Cup because you know in the World Cup is it, it, it there, there was pump there there was ten man there was UWL you had all the different divisionals so what was it like we'll take a pause on the UWL stuff for a second but what was it like um, playing the uh, in the divisional side of things because that's something that you I mean you know it's, you've been playing pro for a it's decade kinda, and, it's, it's kind of like <laughs> you know I walked in and I'm like. Oh, with, with Shane and Shane is like yeah that's right brother this is the hood you know it's like it's it's more intense you know there's more teams everybody's kind of in the same aisle there's all kind of stuff going on uh, um, but it's it's still the same game you know yeah. it's fun but uh, I, I would say that there's much more going on you know, there's not only there's not only two teams who mm-hmm. set up and that's it yeah yeah so it's uh, yeah no it's because well, the divisional side, there's, there's, I mean, obviously there's a lot of passion in the pro game, but there's just so much passion on the division, divisional side of things. Right, and one, one thing was speak from, I, I don't know, I didn't know any players, I didn't know any teams, so it's kind of like you go play blind. When you, when you play pro, you play the same teams again and again and again, so you knew, like, okay, these guys are lining up, this, this squad is in from, from, you know, you're playing Dynasty, you have this squad, and you're playing Damage, you know, these guys. You know what the style team has. At least for me, going to divisional plays was like, I have I have no idea what to expect. You know, if, I don't know how this team is going to play. It's going to be, you know, five fat guys sitting in the back or is it going to be all these young kids nobody's ever seen before running down the 50s. So Yeah, you never know. So you have no like actual like you can like make a game plans and think about it, like what what team is going to play like. Yeah, for a particular team, yeah. And like and there's I mean there are some standouts in the divisionals that that you <coughs> would see over and over and over again. Um and and it was interesting, you know. There was there was some crazy games. Like go to our video on demand section of Paypal Access and watch the divisional finals. There was some interesting matches there for sure. I just I really like the no holds barred kind of nothing to lose attitude that a lot of divisional teams yep. take. And and when we saw some throw together teams win divisional tournaments this year, right. you know, in Chicago, and uh, it's it, so it's it's just one of those things that I think a lot of people don't understand necessarily or realize what's possible, you know, because paintball really is like kind of you force your will on the world. So it's like, yeah, man, just get your boys together and see what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. And uh, level level is good, you know. Divisional teams are really good, but I think they're missing kind of the consistency. Mm-hmm. So there might be, a, like, I play, I practice rarely a few times. We would play against Ironman would just blow them off the field. Like we would play amazing three points. And then we would just get, you know, beat down for 10 points in a row mm-hmm. and it's not really a reason it's just people like getting shot like randomly not really thinking about it kind of being a stupid you know i think that's the big difference between pro and pro and uh, uh divisional games it's well, just the consistency no that's very true because it makes complete sense well another thing with divisional teams is a lot of those guys except for the very cream of the crop on the divisional side of things who are either have a rich owner or are uh you know we're able to to get some sponsorship through a field or a store those guys are paying their way so yeah. you know real life sense, yeah they just want to play paintball so the passion's there but it's tough to always get a consistent crew of dudes to play the whole season you right know? that's that's the hardest thing it seems and like the practices and yeah. everything else because i mean you know? no it's paintball at the high even in the divisionals and i don't care even d4 it's competitive as hell and if you're not practicing on a regular basis Absolutely. it's you know not to say that you can't put a team together and you know, put a couple practices under your belts and go out and win. That's happened this year. Like Playground Army did that. Uh, there was some really cool stories this year throughout the divisional well, ranks. If it, it, it happened before in the pro level too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll look at Houston Remember, Heat this year, man. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, they they put their team together in the off season. Now these are seasoned well, professionals. Houston Most of Heat them. is 
like if you look at the team if you think a few years back that's basically Philly Americans filled with few few other Russians who are really good mm-hmm. and some top players from the US yep. but there's a fundamentals of the team are there you know you got Federov you got the guys from Philly um all Americans. Well, and they also so, and they had a couple guys to step up this year too. Uh, who, who's their coach? Uh, uh, Jason Trozen. See, all A's. Yeah, all A's. So yeah. It, it's it's a lot of that same. And I, I look at their game style. It reminds me a lot, like when they were we were we played them in the finals in World Cup two thousand mm-hmm. seven or eight. Yeah. So that's a lot of the same same players, but you know they kind of, I think they recognize their holes and they fill those holes with the really good players. Yeah. So the team gels, you know. Oh, the, the Houston Heat's amazing, man. I mean. I, how can you argue with three wins in one year? That's I I I can't remember. I don't think that's ever. I want to say that's never been done before. Yeah, they, I'm they trying to think back. Good. Can you think of a team, pro team that won three events in one year? Of PS, I mean, talk about the big leagues. Yeah, I'm not I'm talking not about sure. like yeah. three wins and counting and Millennium and like yeah. you know Millennium's amazing. You know, but it's you know the PSP is the hardest division in the entire world. So you know to put three wins and a second place. Mm-hmm. Jesus, man, and that's... it's like looking at the teams. Like any, most of those teams, any of those teams can win. You know, well, yeah, going into cup, I was, I legitimately felt that there was eight to ten teams that had a, at least an outside, so, somewhat of a shot of winning the event. You know, because I mean, you're looking at like X Factor and Dynasty ranked, you know, down seventh, eighth. You know, those down yeah. there and sixth, seventh, eighth. Like, and the, the sixth, seventh, eighth teams, like you can't tell me Dynasty didn't have a chance to win a World Cup. That's what I was going to bring up. It's like you know, any given day, Dynasty could just step up and you know win the whole deal. Yeah, I mean, they, know, they went they went three and one and got knocked out. Yeah, Ironman they uh, look great. Too. Ironman looked great. You know, X Factor. I was really happy to see him play because yeah, they've kind place, of underperforming yeah. mm-hmm. long long time now, and they yeah. used to be so good. Yeah, you know, there used to be one of those teams like we would go play, and I'm like. You never know what happened. They would be like, they could beat you down really bad, be, like just, and and there there's so many of these damage. You know, great team. Mm-hmm. All this uh, there Russians. Was, yeah, you know? I mean, it's there like, were so many teams that had a chance at World Cup. That's why I'm really interested. A to see what happens here in the off season, and you know, we'll be letting you guys know as the information gets to us. Players that are you know been picked up by different teams in the off season moves. But 2013 is shaping up to be a pretty crazy season. I mean, yeah, Houston Heat to dominate this year, taking three first and a second. But, man, I, I, you know, who knows what's going to happen with some of these rosters. I, 2013 could really see, again, another, like just like Cup, you know, and then our excessive and impact are probably going to be playing again next year. So it's right. it's going to get crazy. There's there's one big thing I like kind of want to bring up is that it's a completely new stuff. Like I, I personally think that paintball kind of stalled out and people were thinking like these certain players are the best players in the game and everything else. And now when you know you guys are tracking down stats yeah. and doing all the hard work, it's really showing for public like, hey, there's there's new guys who are really dominating. Like some of those old names, they're still playing great paintball, but you know they're not just assumed to be the best anymore. And I think that's gonna affect a lot of, like offseason, you know, player transfers and stuff like because you can track down like this guy was literally performing like all the time these mm-hmm. teams have performed so I, I, it's going to be interesting I we, agree with you you can't hide out there anymore no you can't you can't come back in the pits and be like oh yeah oh, oh, oh man nice move you ran that outside what'd you do I, had to, I got that shot off the break and then I shot that one guy exactly. it's like all of a sudden you start counting all the kills you're like wait a second we got eight kills that game that's not possible there's only exactly. five dudes out there but now yeah with the stats like you there is a definitive measure of greatness, and, and hats off to Bernikoff who ended up taking the the overall top gun yeah, crown. Mar- Marcelo was doing great until. Well, that was know. actually an interesting story because with you know so Moscow Red Legion had the number one and number two guy at the end of the year. They had Marcelo Margot and Alexander Bernikoff, and and, and uh, you know did, Malo- you did you know that Malloy killed a bear when he was nine years old <laughs> with the knife? With the knife. That's I mean he's been called the bear hunter for years. Malloy is. That's Bernikoff's, that's what everybody calls him, that's his nickname. Why is, you played with him, like, why is that his nickname? Well, he wasn't a team, when I, when I played with Russians, uh, I think he was like 14 or 13 years old. No way. Yeah, like, he was like, just a little kid, he's still the same size, but. <laughs> he's the shortest back guy, he's listed yeah. as a back guy, I think he's 5'5". Five five. Well, yeah, but he, he gets down, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's an amazing player, but you, you, you're looking at him, he's one of those guys, like, obviously, like, I think, since last two years, he didn't really speak English, so nobody really knew like you know pro circuit no like this kid's really good you know yeah. he, he he kills people mm-hmm. but i think a public never saw that like he's so good but you know he's been playing paintball forever 
mm-hmm. in the highest level. Yeah, and performing every year, he's one of the best players out there. And, and everybody knew that, but yeah, he's he. You know, I, it didn't surprise me at all that he's gonna be the you know number one ranked player because yeah. he's very consistent. It's really he doesn't die stupid. You know, he doesn't get shot stupid ever, yeah. and he shoots people. Yeah, and he's always a factor. He's just he's one of those guys that always seems to be in a good position. And if he's not, he's actively working to get himself in the game. Yep. So he's always there. But it, but the story there is that with, you know, because Marcelo, he had the number one spot through four events. I mean, when we, it's you know. impressive. Which was, that's incredibly impressive. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's the most, the best paintball players in the entire world play in that league. And we were counting the kills. And for four events, Marcelo was the number one guy. And uh, Greenspan was, Ryan Greenspan from Dynasty was nipping at his heels for a little bit. Uh, Malloy, Bernikoff, he was always there. Um, but what happened at World Cup was that, and, and honestly, you know, I think this is kind of a mistake that the coaching staff from Russian Legion made because they stuck Marcelo, you know, so they picked up, the Russians picked up Zach Wake for that event. Right. And they needed, a, um, they needed another guy to bolster their line. And so they pick Zach Wake up and, and Marcelo was the guy that went out and got Wake. You know, he was like called Zach up because they used to play together in Infamous last year in 2011. Right, right. So, and Wake could play with Dynasty in the beginning of the year and hurt his shoulder or elbow. <coughs> and uh, and so he was kind of out of commission for a little bit. And um, and so, you know, they picked him up. Marcelo gave him the call. They, they picked him up, came out to practice. And then they ended up starting Wake in Marcelo's position on the Dorito side and put Marcelo in the back center and literally told him, hey, you know, you gotta lock this lane down, don't leave from this spot, you know, or something like that. I can't remember exactly how the story goes, right. but, you know, so it's like, I don't know about that, man. I mean, you maybe, got- Maybe it, there was a bigger plan. Maybe. May, may well, another thing too is like, you know, I, you know, the Russians are great coaches, so I, and the hats off to them for being able to keep their, their uh, program as strong as they did this year because they lost Fedorov, Sergey and uh, and Mishka to Houston Heat, and they all three of those guys had amazing years. Um, in the, Mishka amazing is seasons. like hands down one of my favorite players in the world. Yeah, always be. Oh, dude, I I, I remember talking to Davey Williamson, uh, former every every played for everyone played with me on the Ironman, excessive dynasty legendary player. He said that out of everyone he's ever played with, Mishka is the best player he's ever played with. And Dave Baines said the same thing. And Dave Baines has played on. The roll call of who's who in paintball. Well, Miska's a team player first of all, and he's he's just gonna fill any role. You put him in the back center, you put him in a snake to be first guy. He's just f- phenomenal. Yeah. Well, that happens when you play paintball millions and millions of hours. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so and, and he's been around since nineties. You know. Yeah. And well, Miska was who plays on Heat now, and the story with Heat was th- that he took those three guys to form the, the core of their their team uh, from Moscow. So like I was saying, hats off to Moscow for filling their ranks with talent. So they obviously always pretty much do a good job, but you know, everyone makes mistakes. And you know, I just, I don't think that that was the right move. How do you take the number one player for four events right. who's been training his ass off all year long, trained all, like he didn't take any time off, trained all the way after MAO, the fourth event, trained for cup, went and according to everyone that I talked to that you know that were watching them play had good practices and even if he didn't have good practices you know when it came to the event I'd still be like all right you know you are the most dominant player in paintball right now let's keep you doing I don't want to change anything I want you to keep doing what you've been doing all year long you're obviously doing what you need to do so but instead they took wake put him out there wake he had a hit or miss event you know he had a couple good points but struggled a little bit you know so and I and so and because of that Marcelo ended up losing his number one ranking. Well, yeah, and the Russians really didn't win, you know? <laughs> it's yeah, like, and, they, yeah. and they didn't get past the quarterfinals. Yeah, so I don't, I don't know. I don't know. That's the question for uh, yeah. Russian coaches. You can you can do a satellite connection. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah, but, you know, but it's still, it's it's just something that, you know, it's just a sport, and when we're breaking this stuff down, it's just kind of fascinating as a fan of these teams to kind of think like, okay, well, Moscow's got really good players now. I mean, you know, another story from Moscow was the breakout of Jason Wheeler, who's a rookie of the year potential guy. I mean, Wheeler was ranked seventh overall. Mm-hmm. That's ridiculous. Or sixth overall, and seventh was A Rod, Alex Rodriguez from the Ironman. Right. So those are two high contenders for rookie of the year. And, uh, and that, though, you know, Wheeler stepped up, Axel Godin stepped up. They picked the, both those guys up from uh, the Tauntauns. Yeah, and, and, and 
Jason is not a new for you know playing pro level because he played for years for years, but he's played for years, but not he's new in the, in the states. Yeah, he's in the PSP, exactly new guy, you know. Yeah, but he has the experience with with A Rod. He's literally a new kid. He's been around, you know, for the Ironman camp for a long time. You mm -hmm. know, he used to come from Phoenix and just wanted to practice with the Wrecking Crew, who was our you know second kind of farm team mm -hmm. with Steve was running. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Steve er Eric's Eric's dad, mm -hmm. and and. Uh, he really stepped up last year. He was like, you know, he lost ton of weight, you know, got in shape, and uh, SK gave him a chance to get in the team. And you know, I, great. And, and I think like, great. I, I talked to A Rod. It's kind of funny. Maybe like three years ago, maybe four years ago, and that's where A Rod was a big kid. You know, <laughs> big kid. And I told him like, hey kid, you play really good. Like, you, you had he had that like something like he he was shooting straight and he was picking up the right lanes and you know had a really good timing. And I was like, hey, you gotta lose some weight, you know, if you wanna be in this sport. And then last year he just shows up like all skinny and like, you know, performing. And he had a great year, you know, he played good. And I, I he think, had a I think, year. I, I think he's just gonna get better, you know? Yeah. One well, of those, uh, as long as his head doesn't get too big. Well, yeah, well, it's one of those <laughs> things, yeah, for, that's the jack in the box syndrome. Yep. It's like, <laughs> dude, uh, here's your goggles. I can barely lift them. They're yeah, so big because you can't put them over yeah, your gigantic we, we, head. We, we, I think we used to run that a lot back in the days at the Ironman too. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, well, we had a lot of big names. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the superstar team thing. I mean, look what Infamous yeah. did this year. That's one of the reasons they, they won a tournament this year is because they went with a more blue collar approach. But that's, but the Wheeler story, the A-Rod story, Alex Rodriguez from the Ironman, Jason Wheeler from Moscow is that, yeah, Wheeler's not <coughs> new to pro paintball in the sense that he played professionally in Europe, mm -hmm. but he's a rookie in the PSP yeah. and the PSP is, everyone knows, that's the player. hardest division of paintball in the world, the by professional far. division, by far. By far. By far. If, if anybody thinks and listens to this, that it's not by far, PSP is the hardest league in the world. Yeah, it's the big league paintball. Absolutely. You know, and, and so everybody knows that and... So that's why I got to give my hats off to Wheeler because yeah. even though he had put his time and learned, obviously became a great player in Europe, but he didn't fall off at all. And if anything, he took that opportunity and ran with it. Like, okay, I'm a new guy. I'm coming on to the Russians. He'd been trying to get on that team for a little bit. And, uh, and you know, the Russians are one of the most legendary franchises in the world. And so for him to come up and have a rookie season in the PSP like he did now, should he get rookie of the year? Because he had been, you know, but it's one of those like, hey, it takes 10 years to make an overnight success. Right. He's one of those examples of that. Well, Russians are the best team. If, if, you're, if you're like a young player and you want to commit your time for the paintball, because that's like a lot of what happened to me. You know, it's like I can, my, my thing was like back in 2004, it's a long time ago, but it's, it's a team that they're very professional. They do, uh, uh, they do, uh, they have an amazing program. They have a big staff, you know, so they can literally pick up a good player and make you a better player. And, and that's not only, you know, it's, it's a lot about the resources. Like back in my time, we, we played paintball, uh, five days a week, six hours a day. Well, let's pause for a sec. Cause I, and I, cause I want to get into that. I, you have a fascinating story and it's one of those stories that really could that it's an example to other people that are out there it's like this is what's possible kid you know or it doesn't you know you need to be kid but it's you know like when we had oswaldo or uh, did an interview with oswaldo it's on uh, check it out on on our on our website paintball access and uh and he's almost 40 and he's from i think he's lying his age he's actually like 72 <laughs> But so he's still fascinating. Seventy-eight years old, yeah, one of the fastest faster, guys. Yeah, yeah still one of the fastest guys. Yeah, and he, uh, you know, he's from Brazil, and he's, you know, he's from Brazil, and somehow, some way, through hard work and dedication, ended up playing on the Ironman. Now he plays on CEP. But the very first day of World Cup, Thursday, when all the best players in the world all showed up to the same place, and everyone mm -hmm. started playing the same field, and Oswaldo was the best snake player on that day. Oswaldo is amazing. Yeah. Just, I think Oswaldo's been biggest hurdle is that he's a very nice guy. You know, sometimes in the teams you can't be the nicest guy. You've got to hustle a little bit and get, you know, when there's five guys lining up, you have to just step in there. Demand say, hey, right I'm, away. I'm, I'm, I'm playing, you know? Yeah. And uh, I've, I've seen a lot of players kind of go in the same road. Like, you get in a team, but they're the nice guys. They're amazing players. Their work ethic is great. You know, name, like, actually, like, you know, I, I listened to earlier uh, podcast and Greg uh, Sewers. He was telling us like an you know, Ironman time story. He's a perfect example. Very nice guy, you know. 
that doesn't want to step anybody's toes and everything else. You know, you know now he's playing great, but it took some time. And Oswaldo was kind of the same kind of player that uh, in Ironman that I don't. I me personally, I think he was really good. He's amazing snake guy. His gunfighting skills are phenomenal. You mm -hmm. know, if you go snap snapshot with that guy, he will you know shoot most of the guys out there in the game right now. But him to convince you know coach to put him in a game also like because he was traveling from Brazil, going back and forth and stuff. You know, it's like that to pick him up over the guy who lives in san diego you know plays every practice and i i think that's the biggest hurdle and I, i'm happy that he played with the cup and like kind of like went there with open you know just being like hey i'm gonna show up i'm gonna shoot people i'm just gonna have fun i'm gonna play well, great he, he went on cp and immediately was the best player on the team you know i mean cp's yeah. got a lot of talent but if you look at the stats um, you know, I mean, and I mean, they're a young team still, you know. Oh, see, you know, CP is one of those stories this year that I, I, I feel bad for them because they, on, I feel bad for them because they, they're great guys and they didn't have a good year. Um, but they did get a lot of penalties and that's their fault. So I'm not right. like, I'm not, when I say it's kind of a double-edged sword when I say I feel bad for him. I mean, you get penalties, man, you that's your win. fault. You can't win. You can't win. If you get excessive amount of penalties like they did, yeah. and that haunted them most of the in the beginning part of the year especially, and then it started to come back a little bit, uh, a cup, but they, they knew that that was a problem. But it's just, uh, it's you know, they they you couldn't be more in the deep end, like we well, said. That, so that, that brings the whole thing is BSP is so competitive. Teams are so good. You, you make one mistake. It's gonna cost you three points, you know, three points, and that's that's the game. And then you lose. It's like you can make those mistakes, and if you don't make those mistakes consistently, every every game you make penal take penalties and stuff, you can win. It's gonna hurt you, yeah. you know. But Osvaldo, I think it was a great fit for them, you know, end of the end of the season. Oh, they need they needed a guy like that, you know. Um, but yeah, Fire he was up a little bit. Yeah, but it, but it's again great success story, you know. So it's because it, there's a lot of people that may be listening to this that want to play pro or or not even pro, maybe they just want to play on a good competitive paintball team, and maybe they just need a little bit of of uh, you know just a little kick in the ass and let them know, hey man, anything's possible if you work hard enough at it and Absolutely. have the, and have the right drive and. You have one of those stories. I mean, obviously, you were you know phenomenally talented at the game of paintball, but you know, I don't think so. Yeah, but, but you, I think I worked harder than most of people did. But that's the thing. It's like what, what's that perfect saying for this? Is that you know, uh, hard work beats talent when talent refuses to work hard. You know, absolutely. And and you know, like you you run players who are extremely talented. Like you seem like, oh my god, that kid has so much potential. And then like they're like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna go party and drink tonight, and you know. Go this, do this, and this, and this. I'm gonna skip this practice and this. I skip this practice. And then you have this kid who was like, "Oh God, how how did that kid got in the team?" But he's gonna show up, play paintball again, 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 again. And you know, you're looking from two years, and that kid is gonna be playing pro. There's so, I've, so it's like it's just like repeating repeating story. Over you know? the yeah, I've there's I've seen this so many times. You've seen it so many times. It's it's a cliche, man. It's that. Guy who's standing on the sidelines who really wants to get a game. I mean, that's how Oswaldo got on the Ironman. He yeah. was just standing around on the sidelines, yep. and when somebody was too tired, it couldn't go, or somebody was whatever it was, and you get in and you get your chance, and well, you do that enough that, times. Thing, he he loves paintball, you know, and that's that's the whole thing. He he was staying in my house, me, me and Shallow, at the time. You know, we played Ironman, and Oswaldo was staying in the house. He he was just happy to be around and come to their practices and get a few points in. You know, he was playing with the wrecking crew a little bit. But he just legitimately loves paintball. That's like that's his hobby. That's his passion. That's mm -hmm. what he wants to do for life, you know. And if you if you have all those things, you really want to do it. I believe it. Like whatever you really want, it, it can happen, you know. So okay, so take take me back. You're you grew up in Finland. T just tell me the story, like because well, it's a good story. The, how did the, the, how, the how did person? you get to be you know yeah? I mean, it's you know, it's, well, I it's a know. podcast, I, baby. I, we I got time. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's a good story, but. Uh, Hell yeah, it's my, a good my, story. You came my, from Finley, you played for the Russians, you lived in Moscow <coughs> for a while. I mean, like, yeah, well, you my, played for the Ironman. The beginning is kind of funny because, like, paintball existed in Finland, but not really, you know? So my older brother, Sami, ended up, ended up running, like, a, in, like, a used gear store or something, and they found, like, a Splatmaster. And then, like, the other guys found like, other paintball guns. How old were you at guns, this time? Uh, 12 or 13, I think 13. And then I got home and we were like, yo, these are cool. You know, they, there's these, paint, these little bullets. We didn't even know they're in paintballs. There's little bullets. They shoot 
you know, they have pain inside, and you can shoot each other. You know, everybody wants to play with the guns, right? Yeah. So then we figure out, like, okay, let's do this game. You know, we're using, like, a, a building goggles. So you had no frame of reference? No. None. Zero. None. Like, no magazines, no, no show. Nothing. There was nothing. It was nothing. just somebody found a paintball gun somewhere. Exactly. That was my brother and my neighbors. So, and, and then we were, like, we were wearing, wearing motorcycle helmets and stuff. And, like, kind of like, okay, we got to probably protect the eyes because these things might hurt. And we're just shooting each other like a few times you know and then we hooked up with the people in the school you know like hey like yeah we know we heard about this paintball game and you know they've heard about it from somewhere else but nobody really knew what they were doing so then we set up a one game we found a rental place you know a bunch of friends rented the guns and that's how it basically started for a few years we were playing the local goods and stuff and which you have a ton of up in Finland. Oh, I've been there. Uh, that's it's it. green as hell up there. It's just lakes and woods. Yeah, know? lakes, <laughs> lakes and woods, as far as and, I can see. And and then we, we, you know, that's also like, you know, that's an era like internet started kicking in and like we were like, oh, you know, I think it was 96 or something, seven. And we were like, we found out like there's a tournament now. Like, I was like, sweet, you can play this in a tournament. You know, you can go. They have paintball tournaments? Paintball tournament, you can compete. <laughs> but now, same thing, no concept of anything that you know what do you have to do in a tournament so we literally showed up we had all our you know i was you know i don't think i was wearing something my mom made for me probably <laughs> and uh, we just showed up with our horrible gear like i had like a little zpg pump pistol you know with the little co capsules and then we showed up at this tournament and these guys were shooting spiders and you know autocockers and uh and stuff like that and we went to the field. It's like, okay, I think our team was War Dogs at the time. So we went to the field in one end and was like, oh, what should we do? You know, we should probably run that way and that way and go to the center and go to the side and go this way. And I think we ended up winning like one game in the whole tournament, but pretty much get our ass kicked the whole time. Uh-huh. But that was the start. It was like, we're going to go back next year. We're going to play three tournaments next year, you know, or maybe more. And that's it. You know, this is what we want to do. We want to save money, you know. I was cutting my grandma's grass and trying to get make some money, and like, uh, this 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 is what I want to do. I don't want to do anything else. I want to skip skip all these other hobbies. I want to play baseball, mm-hmm. you know. And and that's where it escalated really fast because then we connected with the guys in my city, you know, who actually had a team who's been playing since eighties, and those guys were like, you know, I was always the youngest guy in the whole. Team. That was me too. Dude. Yeah. So it was, was like the same thing. That's like it's kind of like was the whole life lessons for me, you know, hang out with those guys and. In a few years, you know, we were playing Millenniums and going around. We formed a team called Takeover. I was going to say, what was the yeah. first, like, competitive team, that real was, competitive That was team? in, like, 99, I would say. What was the name of your throw-together, crazy pump gun, woods ball? Uh, War Dogs. War Dogs. Okay, yeah. that's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. hardcore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that. So, uh, that's kind of it started. Then we started playing Millenniums, and, you know, it, it was, like, literally in a year we were playing, like, three Millenniums and four Millenniums. All the what year, what year was this? Uh, I would say 2099. Okay. No, 2000, maybe 2001. It was like that two, three years mm-hmm. when things things have escalated. Yeah. And, you know, like Finland is a small place, so all the playing ball players know each other. And, you know, sometimes people go play with other teams. You know, Cyclone was like the, the team, you know, they're the man. Like, Eggy was the man. And uh, <clears throat> uh, there was a team called Coyote, which was like an old school Finnish team. And everybody looked after them. They used to call UK, you know, UK Masters. and you know, go to the World Cup, you know, do, the, do all that stuff, cool stuff. And they would, you know, they would have the coolest gear, coolest, you know, setups, the CO2 setups. So, you know, <laughs> obviously Finland is really cold in the, in the winter time. So Get out there's, of here. there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of things we had to actually build a lot of gear to make sure that the paintball guns worked, you know. So you guys still played in the winter? Oh, yeah. Because a lot of people don't understand that it's dark as hell in Scandinavia. Not in a, not in a dead on winter. Like, we had an indoor indoor places okay. and stuff. But, like, you know, which was really cool. I got to give it to my parents. They were, they were like, they're like, hey, kid, we're not going to give you any money or support you anyways. But if you just paintball things, what do you want to play? Go ahead and play it. So I'm, I'm come, I come from, like, straight redneck area in Finland, you know, like, in the mid-Finland. So we had a lot of land. What's the stuff. name of the town that you're from? Kuopio. I don't even know how to pronounce that. How do you pronounce it again? Finland, Finnish is the hardest Kuopia. goddamn language to pronounce anything. It's, it's, it took me like five years just to be able to pronounce your name properly. Yeah, it's, it's not easy. You know? <laughs> uh, but but that's the thing. Like my parents were like, we were like, oh, we need to get a you know airport field. So we, my parents, literally gave us a land piece of land and said like, hey, set up a paintball field. Oh, so I had a paintball sweet. field like, and you're literally five in your backyard from my backyard. Yeah, no way. My backyard. So. That's that's things got really escalated really fast. You know, like we were able to practice, 
you know, we didn't have much paint, so we got to be really creative, like, you know, how we can save paint and do this. We were running around, like, no paint, you know, doing paint drills and stuff. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, then basically um, that went on, played Millennials. We thought we were shit, you know, real cool, going all these cool tournaments. But it was all based on, like, also, like, the, all the guys in the team were close friends, a ton of fun, you know. Yeah, that well, was the that, well that's what paintball is. You and, know? And, I mean, it's, and we became it's the about world, the adventure. Exactly, we came to World Cup, you know, do all the stuff. Like we played a lot of tournaments, you know, yeah. all over the place. And like, I'm real glad that I played the, the long story. I played, you know, started from the woods with no understanding of paintball. Played the first sub airs, you know, all these arena fields, concert fields were built out of the pile of whatever, you know, <laughs> you could tires, tires, whatever, you know. leftover pipe, exactly, and and uh, plywood. Then I guess the big, big turning point was like it was two thousand three, World Cup. Um, that's uh, uh, we played really good and we played the whole. It, we had the you know like the European League kind of, mm -hmm. kind of deal for our Expo when the first Expo was introduced and the Finnish team played. That was a ton of fun, and then end of the season I was like, I, all I want to do is play paintball. That's like that's all I want to do. It's like I was in the college at the time and I was like, that, that's it, you know and. I got an email from uh, Russian Legion, and they were like, hey, you want to come to the tryout? And I'm like, oh, God, it was like, a, I would say Christmas time, you know? And so I, they scouted you out. I have no, they had satellites. <laughs> <laughs> satellites. They dude. put a bug on you. They yeah. knew everything about you, exactly. blood type, DNA every, strands. Everything, yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, I was like, well, you know, I was like, if I don't do this, I'm going to probably regret this a long time. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to buy a flight ticket to Moscow which is unheard of because you know moscow is it's like deep in russia and yeah i was still you know pretty young so where were you living at the time in in my city in your Claudia. city yeah. and how far is that from helsinki like four hours it's four hours yeah. from helsinki but in, you know at the same time it's like I, I travel a lot a long time so it's not like a big deal to travel somewhere yeah whatever but the thing was like going to russia you know russia is like not the place you first want to travel you know yeah and this time you can understand there is nobody there's no i, I was the I think Fred Halmon like did like a one trip to Russia and there's like something like I talked to him. He's like, yeah, I went to the training facility and stuff. There was maybe two photos at the whole Russian Legion organization. And I went there, I stayed with uh, 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 Peter Vasiliev, mm -hmm. who was who was actually one of the most best back players ever played a game. He's the original Frankenstein. I was like, that was Frankenstein. Yes. Oh my God, I hated gunfighting that guy. He would never go in. He would just pull off like one never, of Never, ever time. go in, ever. And and he, he was just amazing, amazing back player. Like, just phenomenal. So he picked me up in the airport. I get in there in Moscow and, you know, take me to training. And they have the whole coaching staff there at the fitness coach, who's still the same fitness coach. Who's uh, like 108 years old oh, and probably in, can do more pull-ups than yeah. you and me combined. Oh, absolutely. Now, like in a great... Great shape, 200, 280 years old. Yeah, I, I would say at least. It's so old, and and he still, you know, can do like hundred pull ups, no problem, no problem. So, anyways, I I went to try out, did a tryout, and this is the time in Sergey was, which is kind of shame that Sergey is not around anymore because he he is a character, and and one of these painful personalities that I don't I think only in the painful these people can exist. So fascinating, and, and like so he would he, he, he would show up just like. I would do all these different drills, play games, you know, do all the physical fitness tests and all the craziness. And what, sort like, of, what sort of tests did they have you do? Oh God, like play, do like a running and shooting test, snap shooting, you know, like play against their players, do, you know, play in a team, do all kind of different scenario drills, uh, you know, run, run 40, run, do all the push-up tests, sit-ups, you know, pretty wide physical test. And I, I remember like, just like the coach shaking his head, like, no. No good, no good. But I, I, did, I think I played pretty good paintball though, you know? And then Sergei showed up and like, I had like the, the crappiest paint. Uh, I, I think I had a matrix that time, like the original big matrix, mm -hmm. which was great because I was shooting like million balls per second. Yeah. Uh, well, this is in 2003 when it yeah, was like run, 25 and, balls and a were, second. No uh, joke. But, but, they, but they were all playing with the uh, angels and they were like, you know, jumping paint and shooting a little outdated. Mm -hmm. Uh, so I was kind of like, you know, doing good in, the, in regards to that mean. And um, Sergey showed up with his 18-inch boomstick barrel, like, didn't even talk to me. He's like, mm, okay, now we're going to do uh, snap shooting. And 
he just smoked me like three times in a row and he's like and the end of the thing like i'm like leaving i spent the two or three days and he's like mm, okay yeah, you have these things pretty good but not very good and your snap shooting's horrible <laughs> <laughs> and i was like okay cool you know but he's like okay but now you can come in a team if you want to and we'll arrange everything and I, then i was like oh god now you know what i'm gonna do and so yeah yeah so it's basically like i went home i'm like mom dad it's like you know, you're not going to like this, but I think I'm going to move to Moscow. <laughs> you know? I don't know. I was like, no way. You know, you're not going to move to Moscow. I'm like, well, if I don't do this, like, I really want to do this. This is like the only way I can see this happening. You know, if I don't do this, I'm not going to make it. You know, I have to do I have to use this opportunity. So it was a bold move. You're just like, I'm moving to Moscow. I'm going right. to start I'm training. Up, I, dropped, I dropped out of college, which is don't do this, kids. But I did. And I was like, I'm going to go play baseball. And... And how old were you at the time? I think 19, 19, 20, 19. So then just jumped in the plane, went to Moscow. It is a dead winter. Like, you know, you say Finland is cold. Moscow is cold when it's winter. Like just snow. We had this indoor dome with like one foot of mud all over the place. It was not, nothing cool, nothing nice, hardcore. And like our training schedule was five days a week, six hours a day. Uh, I think I shot average like 25 cases a week by myself. Wow. Paint. And f so you, and, and it included like one hour fitness, like full on hardcore, you know, professionals done fitness program. Like a coach by, sitting there with a clipboard. Yeah, they, like, we had like full-time fitness coach, the guy we talked about. But because but, I think a lot of people picture the at the time, you know, I, I mean... <clears throat> I think people think like Ivan Drago in Rocky Four with like scientists around them and Same clipboards deal. and. But just think about the. But way most more hardcore. Kiddo is equipment like more like the you know exactly Rocky Tree with Rocky straining like yeah. in the mud, and everything else like yeah. nothing fancy about it, but you know we played a ton of paintball, and it was like two months and then we played the first tournament with the Paris Millennium and just beat the shit out of everybody you know, um, and then we got up Shallow showed up. From Brazil, like out of nowhere, you know, heard like Russians are looking for players, and he was like, "I will pay my own ticket. I will do anything to come for tryouts." Um, he made the team. My really good friend Dan made a team. Maskell played for. Yeah, I remember Russia. Dan. Yeah, yeah. Long time. English guy. Yeah, English guy. Mm -hmm. Cup now in London. Uh, anyway, so they showed up like a few months later, and I I don't think like I would have made it through the year if I wouldn't have had those guys because it was like, you know, all the Russians guys are cool, but a lot of those guys didn't speak English in that time now they speak English, could you speak because you you know everyone's no. Scandinavian you couldn't speak English that well like that oh English yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay. I was fine like made myself understood. yeah I, I was fine because but anyways the uh, so that that was the year of the Russians and how that ended kind of like I gave my commitment for a year and there was like all kind of deals going on and and uh, then in the same time my friend Eggy who used to work for Die uh Cause I was wondering, how the hell did you end up on the Ironman? Well, from that's the, the deal. I, I came hang out in San Diego before, before the event. The men won, which is like an MPPL. I remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Four, three. That was two thousand and four. Yeah. Right. So, I came hang out here after World Cup, just to like hang out, and uh, I was like, okay, the season's over. I got nothing to do. I'm gonna chill and go visit Eggy and be in San Diego. But you know, nothing wrong with that. Paradise. And, and this is the time we already like start talking like there's a, actually quite a that was like a paintball golden time when there's people are getting start getting paid and you know you actually play paintball full time yeah and there's a few teams who actually made me a pretty good offer and my decision to come to Ironman is first of all the Ironman is the, the most legendary team in the world and the another deal was that I kind of felt like if I'm going to keep doing this it's probably get a you know some kind of relation job or going on with with the industry you know so uh, that's how i end up coming to die you know like that month went by you know we talked dr brian benini billy wing those guys were the most in, involved and and uh, they were you know bringing saransky and todd to iron man and then i talked to billy wing in the phone a lot and you know i went back to finland and end up coming in january here and start playing with the team you know and and it was basically like i was living with eggy and i was living with Isaac and nick shows and different brand of people. I lived in a building scouts for like two months. Uh, and in the same time, I started working for Dai, like a little 
I was helping with the promotions and all the truck stuff and all the other stuff and mm -hmm. like the same same story you know things happen really quick you know we actually had a good year that year with Ironman yeah 2005 yeah wow that's a crazy story man no yeah 2005 yeah so I mean was it just kind of you just kind of fall I mean you obviously had the intention of doing what you did well that like when I came here I was like I'm just gonna come here for a year you know let's see how things go but I don't know somewhere in the back of my head was like you know just don't don't just play because there's all these crazy deals were going on that time like you know we're gonna pay you you know 20 grand 30 grand and you can just play team you will give you a house and this I, some reason I felt like it's kind of like a you know pro a lot of promises but not I don't know if this thing's gonna happen and like back of my head I was like I gotta have some kind of plan to you know survive and be able to pay my food and rent whatever it is and play paintball and then you know Ironman we've rebuilt the whole thing and became really successful and yeah because I mean you guys because I, I played on the Ironman from 98 to 2003 and then went mm -hmm. on to help form excessive so you guys came on and then Ironman weren't that good that for the first couple seasons when mm -hmm. they had the when we all left to go to excessive yeah, it was all kids i think yeah you know? well like there's all kind of random people on the team that time too like who should have never served the word shield but it was a necessity and there, there were a lot of teams in that time in socal you know yeah and like i said people were getting paid people were getting you know doing deals this and this and that and i think like i said that that wasn't sustainable in any means yeah well it was that rush to the mainstream and that was also it you know the the, the industry itself would, had grown up a lot really fast. So really there was a fast. lot of companies in there. There was a lot of other companies that had come in just because they saw the money. Yeah. And, and there was all like, these TV promises and yeah. stuff. So People the, were like believing like, hey, we gotta invest money, pay these guys, I wanna have a best team. Yeah, and yeah. so you had this, inf first of all, it was, a, it was a, a boom time for the economy to start mm -hmm. with. So you had a boom time for the economy to start with and then you had an industry that was, had, you know, was making money and growing double digit percentages a year at the time, obviously way different now, but it was that it was that time. You yeah, know? it was just the golden time for yeah. like growth, you know, like all that exciting. It, it was really cool, you know. Very There's exciting. A, there were some really cool events in that time too, you know. <laughs> we're casting prize money in that time. It was freaking awesome. Yeah. You know, uh, but I, I think we lost a lot of that honest honesty and like, just a true passion for paintball in that time, the same means that we were gaining kind of, you know, uh, you know, we were growing too big. We, yeah. we, we were growing way too fast. Well, that's, that's, a, that's one of the cool things I think that I see now a lot is that, and have seen for the past couple seasons is that, you know, when the economy fell apart, it hurt our industry just like it hurt every industry. And, but the, the people that I've seen this season last, just in, since then, there's still there's so much passion for the sport now so i mean yeah it, the you know it's it, no not no industry is the same as it was in 2003 2004 2005 but the people that exist now in the sport you know that's why well, i think i think we're growing as an industry being more mature industry which is a great 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 thing thing to happen you know yeah and yeah well it's it's been a few years but it's like that's that's when actually I, I didn't even really get to know Dave until like that next year when we you know Oliver came in the team and that's when Dave really came like kind of like took over the team a lot again and he was like hey Ironman needs to be where it needs to be and then, needs to be a championship team yeah and that's when like we literally had which is like asking you earlier like why did I retire I think it was a lot to do with those oh seven oh eight oh nine years our team was like the best dream team possible to play paintball like we literally like people were scared to play us you know we would dominate we would just go in and like beat down anybody you know and, and it was not, not only the just it, it was really great you guys won two team. world titles yeah and, and it was only not only that but like I th our team was like I, I would say like maybe it's the wrong word to say but like people were scared to play Ironman you know mm -hmm. they were scared to go Which like is how it should be on or off the field you know, that team would throw down. We had probably the biggest, big mouth, you know, we got Nikki Pax, you know, all Oliver, Billy, you know, Mr. You, like all the guys. And they were like, these guys were like, you know, crazy. Yeah, intimidating was, personalities. And I was, I was, I was guy always like, I didn't, I'm like, I, I concentrate and I, I play best when I'm kind of like focused. I don't get too fired up. 
and in in the last year i started to be the guy i was like being feeling like i have to be fired up i need to be that guy and that wasn't really me so but like i said 07 08 for me that was the you know the best time of paintball it was like team was freaking awesome and i was kind of missing that feeling and i knew that i can't get in that same spot same feeling again if i don't commit my full time of paintball and mm -hmm. that's not happening because in in the, in the backside on you know playing paintball i took a lot of responsibility over the years at die and crew in a company you know so um so that's like a natural way to go out and i'm like i want everything what i wanted so i'm like oh cool i'm happy you know yeah no no hurt feelings you know and and like i said that's when you start realizing like hey i don't want to play paintball anymore this free weekend i want to actually go surf i want to go snowboard i want to do all this other stuff you know so that's another thing like because i remember the time like i would skip snowboarding i would skip everything else to go play paintball so time to do something new yeah <laughs> no for sure well i mean you had a legendary career man you know i mean it, like i said it's it's a very inspiring story to come from a small town four hours from the biggest city you know around helsinki and you're in a in a in a country that only has what three or four million people uh, five five million people yeah. in the whole country you know so it's it, it's it's a really cool success story so it's just one of those things that more people should know about those types of stories because you know then your excuse of being from kansas doesn't really fly you know no, it's like really. dude if you want it enough you can make your way you know it's it's it is possible and i've seen it in other sports i'm i'm really involved with other stuff too in, in the sports and i've seen the same thing going like if you really want it usually make it you know it's all in the head totally it's that that's it yeah i mean that's paintball itself you know it's like it I, we say that all the time on the webcast i mean this game is so mental because <coughs> the mechanics of of the game that you need to know i mean yeah the these guys make it look when you're watching the webcast and even the divisionals, you know, like they, they look fluid out there. They look good. They look like they know what they're doing, yep. you know, and it takes time to, to learn how to, to master that, that, those, that skill, those skills, but that's not the game of paintball. That just, that just gets you in the door, man, you know, but that's right. the easy part, you know, right. it's, it's all mental. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. <laughs> yeah. And, but that's, and that's the one thing you can't teach, you know, you can't teach desire. Uh, you can't teach focus. Those are, and you can experience will get you a little closer to those things but that's innate those are those things that and, and paintball is such a cool game you know because you have that individual side of it but then you have like you can't win games by yourself so you have to be able to perform in a team you know paintball players i think we categorize definitely that extreme sports you know a kind of same stereotype but we play this team game in a in a, in a team which makes us really really unique yeah you know and that's like another thing is like hey you gotta be a team player but in the same time like i was telling like i've seen a lot of players not to get a playing time or didn't make it even they're great players because they didn't have a little bit of a hustle and like you know like a few and inside and say like hey i'm you know i don't, I don't care anybody of these other guys i'm gonna step on that field i'm gonna show the codes that i'm gonna play good people yeah you know so it's kind of like a combination of many different it is it, then that's why it's such an addicting thing and, yep. it, and it really does kind of get inside you because on its surface and this is why i still love being involved with the sport and and doing what we're doing here at paintball access and with the psp is because and all of the affiliates around the world and, and the companies that get it you know because it's mm -hmm. such a unique and amazing experience and it really enriches the lives of the people that do it because like you said you know if you're when you were a kid and because this happened to me when I was 16 playing pro on Navarone, you know, and back in the day, and I'm just like, oh my God, there are all these intense older dudes and you don't really know it at the time, but you're learning all these life lessons by being exposed to all these really charismatic personalities right. from all over, you know? So it's like it really ages your soul fast. And that's just the camaraderie and the experience you get from meeting all these people and then having to work with them within a team. So that's huge too. But then also the game itself is just this, fickle beast that's like you know it's there's so many different elements mental and physical that have to come into elevating your game and it's just it's a and and then being out there on the field it really puts you into that moment you're concreted mm -hmm. into that moment everything else fades away you know, and then so. you have equipment and all that are yeah, stuff. it's a complex tech. you know it's a very it's a very complex sport you know because it's but uh so how'd you like playing the 10 man did oh, you get to play 10 man back in the yeah, day uh not much, like only a few tournaments, but because uh, we we played more seven men back then, 
like there's like I don't remember like whether 15 men or something but it was more seven men like when seven men showed up it's like that's what we play in Europe yeah but ten men for you know I, I played in the World Cup once and I played also you know I played a few times back in the days but it was so much fun We I played with the Femmes with Tammy and Todd mm -hmm. so it was like eight girls and me and Todd <laughs> that's and great and Jed and uh, Daniel were like we were kind of rotating in and stuff and you know it was a blast because first of all it's like the field is so big that you have to actually shoot like all these you know people who haven't played bigger fields they're like shooting and like your paintballs are dropping like a half in the field like hey <laughs> you can just like hang in the back corner and nobody can shoot you and wave at your so mirror exactly so yeah it, it was fun did like the fact that you know you could run around, get sneaky. And those fields were crazy, those new sub-airball oh, fields. Yeah. Super cool. <laughs> yeah, because if people didn't get a chance to go online and check out some of the screenshots of the 10-man <coughs> PSP World Cup uh, fields, but they were, uh, it, it was, they reminded me of, uh, like, hut fields. Yeah, and, you know, and like they did a really good job. Like, you could, you, you didn't have to go your knees at all. Like, you, you could still play competitively, but they had a lot of big bunkers and, like... It just seemed like so many options. Exactly, so, and you can, like, literally like come off the bunker like 20 feet in the back and like, be in a blind spot and like gonna fight three different guys you know so it, it it was it was fun i don't i don't i think like if the 10 minutes gonna happen a lot and teams start playing really like much more competitive like it, it's gonna get intense because like, it's a war dude there's 20 war, people in the field that's it and then like i don't think people really put effort this time like really reading the fields and like you know going in a full force but if that's gonna happen again and again you know people are competitive you know they want to win nobody wants to lose at least i don't so, yeah you know <laughs> for sure you're gonna start putting effort in but i, I think i think it was the world was so cool because you were able to play all these formats you know paxson played paxson played every single form paxson played pro expo uh woods ball with us 10 man and he all plays the pump event that's so, so crazy. For, and, and talking about the guy who loves paintball, it's like he just lives in Britain. Oh, Paxson. I was like, people are like, why, why is Paxson so good? And he's like, you know, he he's not, doesn't really fit that typical small kid running around. He's a big dude and like, you know, he does his things his way, uh, you know. <laughs> but he plays so much paintball. That's why he's so good, you know. Yeah. You can you give him a bump gun, he will go shoot people, you know. He just, he's, he's he, you know, like surfers. If you're a surfer it's more about being a waterman, you know, right. like, and, you, and about whatever, you know, well, longboard, shortboard, yeah, big waves, whatever. And then you have big, big wave guys, and mm -hmm. Baxon is the com combination. There's only a few guys, like, like you said, waterman, that's what Baxon's for paintball. You know, he, he does everything. Yeah, big game scenarios. Everything. You know, he'd be out there with slingshots. If, oh, yeah, if yeah. that was the game, oh, yeah. he's, he wouldn't he's, care. He's, a, like, I think, like, fast speaking, he was, like, a general in the big game, you know, and he's just loving it, you know. He'll be the first guy crawling all the way down the field and shooting people. Just gets so into it. Yeah. So when's the comeback? You coming back? What's the, I know uh, you, keep, you keep saying that. You're like, okay, well, I'm coming back for this. Or I'm coming back for that. You know, where are we, I'm, I, I know you're going to go out and, and represent for the didactical Ironman. Absolutely. Um, come back for tournament? I'm not, if, if, if I do come back, it's going to be good. <laughs> you know? It's, Better it's, be, dude. Uh, it'll, be, it'll be the most badass team ever seen in the planet of earth and we're gonna win so but i don't know when it's gonna happen uh yeah we're gonna uh obviously die did a big you know launch and that with the new damn gun mm -hmm. and we're gonna be that damn gun that damn gun <laughs> it's 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 amazing gun yeah, but pretty badass we we're gonna be hitting a lot of uh, scenario events next next year and we're gonna have you know some of the ironman guys and you know legends like rocky you know Paxson. Uh, Trucker Billy, you know, guys who like Mr. You, really Mr. U is like all in the tactical now, you know, driving that whole uh, Ironman legacy in the tactical side, you know, they're going to be the most prestigious uh, team who can literally take like 100 dudes, you know, and then it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm sure Billy Ming is going to dress up a few times, I'll go to some events, but it's more like, you know, we're all like going there, have fun and like really be part of the the deal because it's like i don't know if the guys who have, haven't ever played tactical or scenario events go play some because it's like completely different thing you actually play in an expo but it's, it's, it's so still painful fun. but it's awesome like well, you were gonna shoot 200 guys I, I remember i played like my biggest first event was skirmish like years ago and i'm sitting in the tree line and there's like i'm like 
oh my god there's like literally thousand people running at me i'm like i think i shot like 250 people in 10 minutes what's well, crazy because like I, i'm first of all i've always been the one to preach the gospel that it's like look dude it's not about it's all paintball uh, you know you have these guys exactly. that are like hardcore pump and, <coughs> and hate the dudes that use semis and then you got the guys that don't like pump and then you got the tournament guys that are like oh those are guys are just playing war in the woods and you got the guys that play scenarios like oh the tournament guys take it too seriously it's like come on guys it's all paintball man right it's and, all the same and you, paint, paintball is first of all it's an amazing sport because it's one of the only sports i can name you're gonna have an amazing time playing first time right and uh, for me, it's just a bunch of excuses for people saying like, you know, like, oh, that's, you know, semi-automatic guys or like you said, you were saying like, look, that's why I say look at Paxson. He plays literally every single form of paintball, loves it, kills it, and is one of the best guys out there. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's it's all paintball. It's all the same thing, fun. It's just a different type of fun. Exactly. It's like, what type of fun do you want to have? You know, I mean, it's asking me what my favorite type of paintball would be is kind of like asking what my favorite beer is or, right you know right. it's and i i like i don't you know when it goes all the dress up and all that stuff i understand even those dudes because they're like you know they go out and that's like that's like the whole event of the year it's like they bring all their kids families and you know they go dress up at a tactical event you know and real replay the world world two scenario you know mm -hmm. it's still fun you know Whatever's fun. Exactly. That's what it's about. I mean, obviously, the competitive side of it is it's a different beast because it's kind of more about achievement and testing yourself against other like-skilled uh, players. But it doesn't matter. It's, it's just everyone is having a good time out there, you know? So that's it's about just getting out there and playing the game. So, yeah, no, I, I love scenario big game side of it. I mean, I just I'm always like... I'm just looking for the biggest battle, you know, like yep, I, we, we went to play Decay Nations uh, a couple weeks ago before a couple weeks before Cup and Tom Cole was the general yep. and uh, we had our crew there just like the hardest of the hardcore hitman dudes and a couple other guys and and of local dudes here in San Diego and you know, I go up to Tom and I'm like, where's the fight, dude? That's what I want to <laughs> know. Where's the biggest fight? He's like, go up here. It's on the right. You'll hear it. I'm like, all yeah. right, just point us in that direction. I don't, I don't want to go carry the hooch. I don't want to go try to find this box or something like if, if people want to do that awesome cool man like that's yep. fun too go scout your thing out i just want the biggest fight i don't want to go right at that i want to kill 150 dudes you yep. know that's it yeah well, that... well cool man um thank you for your time appreciate it thank you no problem yeah it's uh like again really awesome story and you know, there's that's the one thing about paint, the paintball world. There's so many fascinating characters and stories out there, and that's why we have this podcast. Is because where else is this history going to live? You know, there's such a fascinating history to the sport, and you know, it's it's a, really about letting those stories live out there, so that that people can uh, you know just keep, continue to be stoked on the game. So, yeah, and if you have a fascinating story, hit me up at uh, your story at paintballaccess.com. And if, if it's if it's fascinating, man, we want it. We want to tell it. So, thank you guys for tuning in to the uh, Paintball Access Real Deal podcast of Maddie Marshall with Miko Hutenen. So he's hopefully going to be gracing Paintball <laughs> World with his presence at a tournament one of these days again. And uh, yeah, again, man, just you know, what a great career that you had. Yep. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Well, thanks for listening to the Real Deal podcast, brought to you by PaintballAccess.com. And there's a wealth of content on the site. There's videos from the past events. There's player statistics. We have stories and blogs from the top players in the game. Make sure to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter. You know, that way you guys can stay in touch with all the news and events in the paintball world. And to find a local event near you, make sure you check out PSPEvents.com. There's tons of affiliates all over the world. So whatever level of paintball you happen to be playing at, even if you play rec and you want to get into the game, uh, you definitely can find it on PSPEvents.com. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Matty Marshall SD, and let me know who you guys want to hear from on this podcast. And if you like the podcast, make sure you tell your friends about it so we can keep doing this. So thank you guys for tuning into The Real Deal, and be sure to listen in next week.